The Athletic. Good morning and welcome to the briefing show from The Athletic. It's Monday, April 17th. I'm Michael Dominski, and here's everything you need to know from the world of football. Today we're asking, why are Arsenal wobbling again? Winning teams are always built from the back, and I think losing that consistency could potentially be pivotal to them. After another humbling weekend for Chelsea, where are they with the search for a new manager? I would expect a decision, an outcome, some clarity in the coming weeks. So we are now not far off knowing who the new head coach of Chelsea will be. And what should Daniel Levy do to change the mood at Spurs? The natural question is, is is Pochettino the answer? I mean, if they could get him in, then he would certainly be a huge improvement. This is The Briefing Show from The Athletic. We start today's show with the Premier League title race. Arsenal have spent almost all season in first place, but after two draws in a row, things are getting very tight at the top of the table. Sunday's match against West Ham started brilliantly, with goals from Gabriel Jesus and Martin Odegaard within the first 10 minutes. But just as they did last week against Liverpool, Mikel Arteta's side faded from the match and threw away a two-goal lead. The draw means that the North London side lead Manchester City by four points, but Pep Guardiola's men have played one fewer game. With the two teams meeting in nine days, the pressure's growing on the Gunners. So joining me now to discuss what's going on in the red half of North London is the Athletics' Arsenal writer Jordan Campbell. So Jordan, Arsenal have dropped points for the second straight match. What's going wrong? It's a bit like deja vu for Arsenal uh, the last two weeks. Uh, Anfield, the, the build-up was all about the, the atmosphere and how they're going to be able to handle that. And you know, for 30, 40 minutes, they were, they were flawless. And the same was the case here at the Olympic Stadium against West Ham. They It became like a training match. Um, after 10 minutes when they went 2-0 up, it looked like it was going to be a matter of how many. But then, as Arteta said after the game, they, they have to kill teams in, in these moments when they go 2-0 up. And he even said it looked like it was too easy for them at points. And poor defending, bad mistakes, let West Ham get into the game. Terrible penalty to give away after party was robbed of the ball. Gabriel went to ground needlessly and that completely changed the momentum in the game. And I think the problem Arsenal are finding is that when they lose their grip on the game and teams start to get in their face and upset the rhythm, they've not found a way and the subs haven't been able to to change that and wrestle back control of the game. So I think that's a big worry for Arsenal going forward. Um, we're only seven games to go. Yeah, absolutely. And part of the problem is that the injuries are piling up in defense. William Saliba has missed the last four games, Tomiyasu's out for the rest of the season, and Alex Inchenko was unavailable on Sunday. How much of a worry is this, Jordan? That consistency has been so key to, to Arsenal's title push. You know, this is a, a young team with not a lot of title experience compared to Man City, so you really need your first 11 to be there week in, week out. And I think Saliba and Gabriel have been rock solid at the back. Zinchenko plays such a specialised role that even when Kieran Tierney comes in and tries to perform the same same role, it just it looks a bit clunky. It doesn't look as natural. And I think winning teams are always built from the back. And I think losing that consistency could potentially be pivotal to them because it's been it's been such a rock for for Arteta to build on. It only really changes at, at, at fullback whether it was White or Tommy Asu and. 
he's basically run out of those options, so he's going to have to go with whoever's fit and available. But if they can get Saliba back for the Man City game, I think that would be massive. But Arteta did say that he's not back training on the pitch yet and that it could be a few weeks. So that would seem to suggest the timeline's a bit further for his return, which I think is a big blow. Last season saw Arsenal crumble down the stretch as they lost out on fourth place to Tottenham. Should their fans be worrying the same is happening now? I don't think there's any parallels to last season in terms of a collapse because I don't think that's been the case. They won seven in a row before these two draws. I just think it's because of who they're, who they're trying to compete against that, that makes these twists seem like fatal blows. So I think that's the, the difficult thing for Arsenal. But it should still be remembered that even if Man City win their game in hand, they're still a point behind. And it still means that Man City need to come and beat Arsenal. And people should... I think people have been taking that that game is, is almost a gimme for City, but that could still go anyway. It was another disappointing weekend for Chelsea as they fell to a 2-1 loss at home against Brighton. They've now taken just two points from their last five league matches, and since the turn of the year, they've won only four games across 20 matches in all competitions. The hiring of Frank Lampard as caretaker manager hasn't given the club the proverbial new manager bounce as he's overseen three straight losses. Tomorrow's match against Real Madrid is their last chance to salvage something from this dismal season. Here with the story, it's David Ornstein. So David, where are Chelsea with the search for a new manager? The way it's being described to me now is that it is at a middle stage in that they always said, This was going to take weeks, contrary to reports saying that it would take days. There are a number of conversations that have taken place, interviews too. And in my Monday column, we reveal that the shortlist, which was originally comprising five to ten candidates, has now been whittled down to just a handful. And they will be taken on to the final stage It's being led by the co-sporting directors, Paul Winstanley and Lawrence Stewart. They will continue this exhaustive, diligent process. We're assured that there is no firm favourite at this point in time, that the race is wide open, that nobody is closing in on the appointment. But one person it will not be, we're told, is Ruben Amarin, who Chelsea did hold exploratory talks with. They have huge respect for but he's happy where he is at Sporting Lisbon and Chelsea's focus is elsewhere. You mentioned Ruben Amorin there, Sporting's highly regarded manager who has his team in the Europa League quarterfinals after eliminating Arsenal a few weeks ago. Should we expect Chelsea to keep him in the back of their minds as a possible manager for the future? Most certainly. Chelsea did carry out due diligence on Ruben Amorin last time round when Tuchel was sacked and Potter was appointed. They spoke to him then. That underlines how highly they rate him and their projection for his career, which I think, and from speaking to people I trust in the game, is rocketing. He's got a really good reputation as a coach, man manager, leader, charismatic figure that can develop players, manage a dressing room, win games, and he's showing that at Sporting Club. I do think they will keep an eye on him and they won't be the only club who do that. I think he's the sort of person that will be on Chelsea and other major clubs' radars in the long term. And from what we've seen so far, you'd say rightly so. 
You're listening to The Briefing Show from The Athletic. It's been a tumultuous season at Tottenham, from the departure of Antonio Conte to FIFA's charges against managing director Fabio Paratici. Eliminated from the cup competitions, Spurs only have the Premier League left to contest, where they currently sit in fifth place. They're three points behind Newcastle for the final Champions League spot, but they have played one more game. The next two weeks will define Tottenham's season, with trips to Newcastle and Liverpool split by a home match against Manchester United. Tottenham correspondent Charlie Eccleshare is here to tell us what Daniel Levy can do to change the mood at Spurs. Well, I think we're at the point for many supporters where some sort of change, any sort of change, would at least make things a little less gloomy. I mean, replacing Antonio Conte, who was pretty unpopular by the end with his assistant, always felt very high risk in that sense because, you know, people were already thinking, well, what are we going to get from Stellini that we didn't get before? The idea was a bit less volatility, but the football's basically exactly the same. And so, yeah, I think people felt when Conte went out, they needed some sort of proper change. And they feel that just as much, if not more now, having watched three matches of essentially the same kind of fare that we got towards the end of the Conte reign. So then, yeah, building on that, I guess the the next the natural question is, is, is Pochettino the answer? I mean, if they could get him in, then he would certainly be a huge improvement on what they have currently. And, you know, thinking about lifting the mood, that would make an enormous difference to the mood. I mean, his name is sung every game anyway, and he's not even the manager. (laughs) Whether that's the answer long term for him or Spurs, we don't know. And, you know, I think it would be understandable for him to have some reservations at this point, just because we're so close to the end of the season. And he, like a lot of the managers who are out of work, might be thinking, well, I'll wait until the end of the season and see what see what happens, see what's available then. But it would <laughs> it would certainly be better than where they are at the moment. For more on the tumult at Tottenham, you can read Jack Pitt Brooks' column only on The Athletic. And now with all the key results from Europe, it's Abby Patterson. For the first time since 1993, Barcelona have failed to score in three successive games. Their nil-nil draw away at Hatafe means that the gap between the Catalans and second-place Real Madrid has been reduced to, a, well, 11 points, with nine games to go. Atletico Madrid, who beat Almeria last night, are 13 points back in third. At the other end of the table, it's yet more bad news for Valencia, who lost 2-0 at home to surprise strugglers Sevilla. Dermot Corrigan's written a brilliant piece on The Athletic all about the chaos both on and off the pitch at Seville and I highly recommend you go and read that. Moving to Serie A, it's looking very good for Jose Mourinho's Roma. They're up to third with a 3-0 win over Udinese. There was, however, a surprise result earlier in the day as Sassuolo beat Juventus 1-0. The old lady's marooned in seventh. She'd be third if it wasn't for that massive 15-point deduction, remember? To France, as Marseille moved into second after their 3-1 win over Troyes, taking them to eight points off PSG, who themselves secured a crucial 3-1 victory over title challengers Lens on Saturday. A positive headline from the capital as Kylian Mbappe became PSG's record league on goalscorer. In Germany, we're asking, does anyone want to win the Bundesliga this year? With Bayern Munich and Dortmund both dropping points on Saturday, Union Berlin had the chance but couldn't take it as they could only draw with Bochum. 
Bayern remain top with 59 points, then it's Dortmund with 57, and Berlin are in third with 52. And finally, we're heading to the Eredivisie. There was a good 3-1 win for Ajax over Emmen. It keeps them in touch with Arne Slot's Feyenoord, and remember that name. Feyenoord are eight points clear with five games to go, but keep an ear out for more mention of Slot's name. He's been heavily linked with a move to the Premier League. Just before we wrap, it's time to tell you what's on TV today. Crystal Palace, Bournemouth and Wolves all won on Saturday in the nine-way fight to avoid relegation. So can Leeds United follow suit? They host a wildly inconsistent Liverpool. And you can watch the game on Sky Sports in the UK or on USA Network here in the States. There's also Fiorentina versus Atalanta on BT Sport in the UK and Paramount Plus in the US. Or Celta Vigo versus Real Mallorca on Viaplay or ESPN Plus on My Side of the Pond. That's all from us. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, make sure you take advantage of our latest offer. Go to theathletic.com forward slash TBS, and it's $1.99 a month for your first year. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe. And if you've got the time, be sure to give us a review as well. I'm Michael Dominski. Your producer was Abby Patterson. And The Briefing Show will be back tomorrow. The Athletic.